You're listening to the Pittsburgh Piledriver Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what is by far what I feel. It's going to be the most exciting conversation of the Pittsburgh Powder podcast we've had so far this year because we are going to talk about what is, and fight me because I don't care, probably 99% sure the best wrestling pay-per-view of the year. There's no time for stupid frilly intros. We have a lot to speak about. Ransom the Mad King is here, along with Hoot the Bard, Bebe, who is not AEW bound, sadly enough, but he is on the Pittsburgh Padre podcast. And, you know, while that gives him less publicity and notoriety and money hmm. than being an AEW, I appreciate him being here more. Aww. And also, we have one half, allegedly, of the Chooserweight Tag Team Champions, Beef the Legend, the other half of the Tag Team Champions, Allegedly, Tiger Bomb Tom will be joining us later. We have to talk about All Out, which is undoubtedly the most exciting wrestling pay-per-view that I can remember maybe ever ever watching. It, it, it is certainly better than anything I have seen WWE-wise yeah. for I have no idea how long. We had Ruby Soho debut. We had Adam Cole debut. We had Brian Danielson debut. This pay-per-view was enough to put Paul Levesque into cardiac arrest. There, there, I don't know how AEW tops this event. This, this, was, this was the Mount Rushmore of pay-per-views. Oh. Boys... Put this in this put be more eloquent than me because uh, words fail me at this point on how good this pay-per-view was. I, I gotta tell you, and, and I, I'm gonna let beef go last because I feel like that will be the most you know, it'll you know, and the in most true eloquent. fashion. The most eloquent and I think in without snarkiness saying this, the longest winded one. And and I say that without without snarkiness because it's with it's all be, due respect. With all due respect because it's well deserved after if you know so this this past weekend i had other options on sunday besides coming down and watching in person with the rest of the p3 crew uh at all uh and watching aew all out and i'll tell you what absolutely zero regrets because i firmly believe and i will make this 100 percent statement and i will back it up there is nothing as a wrestling fan to a watch beef literally bounce in his chair at the excitement of Minoru Suzuki debuting um, or at least making an appearance in AEW. There's nothing like sitting and being engaged the whole time in an event match after match after match belch and oh. and I pulled a little ransom there. And oh. and then and I can safely say when there's nothing better than witnessing wrestling history. And that's not saying like earth-shattering, destroying, blah, blah, blah. It's saying this moment, this pay-per-view, I firmly believe in the annals of wrestling history will be spoken of in high regard as a master stroke a turning point a keynote moment for aew and the wrestling world you guys have said it way better than i'm probably going to but i will make a shot and also poot with with all due respect that comment is not worth a velvet painting of a dolphin pumping a whale. <laughs> oh, there's nothing worth that, man. All right. So, I believe that you are 100% correct, Chuck. Poot, damn it. 
Wow. wow, a kayfabe break. That's how excited he is. I haven't had is. one of those in a while. Damn. I, I, I am having some Oktoberfest, which I find I don't enjoy quite as much as the Sam Adams pumpkin beer. Yeah, it's not so as pumpkin-y, it's sad. better. It, it's it's very earthy, and I'm just not I'm, I'm not here for any of that. Um, Poot put it very, very well in saying that this is going to be an absolute keynote in wrestling history and i don't think it's too bold to say that so in the past uh, so AEW has not been around but a cup of coffee and their marketing strategy has been let's pump what we got into who we have and that's great because they have some of the best wrestlers in the world however Whenever you have names like CM Punk, who is, in a lot of people's minds, at least was at one point, the best wrestler in the world. Best, like, you know, wrestler, entertainer, like, all-around all guy. You had Brian Danielson, who is legit one of the best wrestlers in the world. And Adam Cole, baby, one of the best it guys in the world. You sprinkle on top Ruby Soho, and you give her a chance to flourish. You throw in a surprise appearance by Minoru Suzuki. You give uh, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros time to actually put together a wonderful, amazing match. There is not anything bad that anybody can say about this pay-per-view. I had my doubts with uh, Moxley and... Um, um, oh God. Um, I, General So. Nope, 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 nope. I Dang. Uh, damn it, Ransom. Oh. I I had my doubts with <laughs> that match. Uh, Kojima, my God. Um, with that, with that match. Nope, with that match following the uh, the barn burner of Miro versus Eddie Kingston. I, I'm like, why would you put two like big beefy guy heavy hitter matches together? But it really worked. The women's matches were great. Uh, again, the tag team match was spectacular. The main event was exactly what you needed it to be. The women's title match was good. There wasn't a down point in the pay-per-view. The only part that one could argue would be uh, the, the, the Paul White, not Big Show, JR, uh, the Paul White oh. versus QT Marshall match, which was passable for a Paul White match. But the, it, you know what? I want to I want to interject real quick. I think what they did well there though, it didn't drag. 100%. It was exactly what it needed to be. Yep. Quick, to the point, didn't drag anything out, didn't slow down the night. It, it, with that being not with that going to be the least exciting match of the card, they did what they needed to do. Get out there, get it done, get back. Yep, and, and it was an excellent uh, palate cleanser uh, as yes. well. Um, so th there, there was really a lot great about the event. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I think that we look back at this event in five years and we say this is the night that AEW said we're coming for you. They have oh, made a yeah. point of always saying, hey, we're not in competition. That's not our jive. We are here to be um, another option. You know, they're offering, you know, a pork chop compared to a steak. This is the night that I think that they're like, you know what? Let's try and fire up a steak on the grill and see what happens. This oh, is, yo, this oh is, my. This, this, they, this is nothing less than uh, a shot across the bow of WWE saying, look, we have the people that you couldn't or that you refused mm -hmm. to Use. work with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And look what we're about to do. And the, and the thing is, immediately watching, uh, I, I perused my way through Dynamite. Um, seeing they're putting Ruby Soho immediately up there with Britt Baker. Yep. Smart. They're putting 
uh, Daniel Bryan or Bri oh, oh, I did it! I did it! Brian, da they're putting the American Dragon, which, by the way, on the on the the screens, oh, so good! They're putting yeah, man. the American. They're putting Amdrag, uh, Brian Danielson up against up against Kenny Omega. They're 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 making Adam Cole immediately a likable dickhead. Like they're like. They're do and like CM Punk, yeah. They're kind of like I, I and they're doing exactly with him what we kind of predicted. He's taking, you know, that Taz's little, you know, the, the the little group. He's taking them and he's gonna elevate them. He's gonna elevate them. He's gonna make them look good. He's gonna do. I think CM Punk of this whole swath of talent that's come in is gonna be the one to really foster that attitude or, or foster the younger talent and foster the fact that like, Hey, even though I'm a veteran at this point, I'm going to make you look good. He'll have his wins. He'll have his losses, but he's, he's going to do it. And you know, I, I'll I give you it's a, just, I'll, it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. I'll throw you a, a little tease for uh, the, our, our second show this week. Uh, when I say, that's right, fans, we have two shows for you this week, and we'll be moving forward with that format so that you can get twice as much Pittsburgh Cloud Driver podcast in your ear holes. Um, I'll, I'll throw you a little teaser. I think that Ricky Starks is going to be the guy that beats Punk, the, the first guy who beats Punk with good fucking reason. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, uh, but, but we'll get into that. So All Out 100% had a big fight feel to it every match felt like all right this match is the most important match on the card every single match made you feel like okay i need to be invested in this match excuse me whether it was waiting for a debut like in the women's battle royal whether it was seeing two great women wrestlers face off in chris statlander and brett baker um you know whatever tag team action or the main event you know and you know new japan love with uh, with uh, kojima and, and moxley whatever your flavor they made every single match feel like this is the one you gotta see but i gotta hear from your faces and i'm not talking about debuts we'll get to that what match on the card made you sit up and take notice that this was going to be a banger of an event Oh so, my god. Oh, you ransom you go ahead. Okay. Um can I can I interject two things real quick before I answer your question, Beef? No. You want me to answer your question first. Yes. I don't, I don't oh. want to derail Beef's point. That's the thing. No, like, I don't you wanna... go right ahead. You interject away, buddy. Okay. So real quick, I'm not gonna belabor on this. Um I, I wanna get to Beef's question, but two things that I feel like AEW does extremely well is A they don't treat the fans like idiots. Now, I'm not going to say that other promotions treat fans like idiots, but I think we all know that some promotions treat fans like idiots. And what I mean by that is they didn't have, quote-unquote, multiple main events. They had, they had matches, and then they had the main event. But the thing is with these AEW matches is that they didn't have to pump them up with lip service like this is one of our three main events to make the match feel big and make it feel important. These matches all felt big and important without AEW having to treat you like you're a moron saying, hey, pay attention. This is a big deal match. We're going to call it one of our three main events. I don't like it when... Promotions do that. Stop it. There's one main event. Make it be your main event. If you can't put on matches that are important to fans without calling them one of your three main events, you're doing it wrong. Also, AEW doesn't try to pull the wool over your eyes. They put things right out there in front of you, but they do it knowing full well you're going to be so excited you're going to overlook very small intimate details 
and I what I what I mean by that is when Adam Cole debuted, everyone was so excited about his debut. Everyone lost their minds and was so pumped up, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, Adam Cole is here. Not one of us in that room watching that pay-per-view stopped and said, whoa, guys, he just came out of the heel entrance. None of us realized that. I don't know how many people watching at home or in person was like, oh, oh wait a minute, he came out the heel side. What's, what's going on here? We were all so excited about the fact that he debuted that we completely missed that. And that's one of those things where AEW doesn't try to fool you. They laid it right out. They let him come walking right out of the heel entrance ramp, didn't disguise it whatsoever. And everyone was still cheering and being insanely excited to see him. And that's just one of the things that I love about AEW is they don't try, they don't, they don't, they don't treat you like a moron. If you're going to catch somebody coming out the heel entrance, then you're going to catch it. If not, they're going to count on you being so excited about this debut that they're going to let it happen. They're going to let him come out that heel entrance ramp and, and, and let it be. Um, but in any case, those are the two things that I really appreciate, especially about this pay-per-view, I, what AEW was doing. And as to, far as... To, to, jump sorry, in, to jump in really quick, Ransom. Yeah. Literally, when I left Beef's uh, abode... I hopped in the car and immediately when I, I, I got to the gas station and gassed up and I immediately opened up my phone and typed in Adam Cole debut AEW because two things. Number one, I wanted to hear his song again. Number two, Adam Cole has become one of my favorite wrestlers. I, I was yes. even wearing his uh, his slave company shirt uh, for the event because I, I, I had bet my money on Amdrag debuting. But when mm-hmm. Adam Cole's music hit, I was the one. I like. I. I. I think you guys would agree. I was the one who popped the hardest. Oh my! Yeah. I. I was so excited and so happy that happened. But I looked at the thing before it got pulled off of YouTube, and I was sitting there and I was watching it, and I saw I was like, oh, he came out of the heel entrance, and I was like, yep. how did we miss that? Shit? We were all so excited, yeah. and they oh, didn't yeah. try to fool us and have him come out of the. The face, uh, the face entrance, and then do a heel turn. Nope. They laid it right out, knowing full well, this dude's going to be a heel. We're sending him out the heel entrance. Guess what? People are going to be so excited that they're going to overlook that. We're not going to yep. try to hide it yep. from them. We're not going to treat them like fools. We're going to lay it right out and, and trust that what we're booking and what we're producing is going to give us the result that we want. And that's They don't try to force it on you like someone else. It's the, And that's beautiful but anyway ransom go ahead what match is the one that really made you go oh damn this is gonna be good um that is by far and away the tag team championship match that was one of the uh, that was one of the most exciting matches i can remember seeing in, in good lord a very very long time the spots that they did the moves that they took i can't believe that that the Jacksons were able to walk out at the end of the Kenny Omega match. I, I, I'm stunned that they were walking. Some of the moves they took is unbelievable. And I'm sorry. I, I really am. I don't mean to do it. But I know we rag on other promotions, one specifically. But I feel like this point is important enough to say wrestlers in WWE are handcuffed into performing quote unquote, only the safe moves. You can't do a pile driver in WWE. Now on one hand, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to protect the wrestlers. They're trying to protect their investments and that's what they're doing. You know, but at the same time, they're protecting the wrestlers' lives. But on the other hand, I appreciate AEW going, hey, you know what? You guys are professionals. You do this for a living. You guys discuss your match. If you want to do this move, if you want to do this spot, and you are all comfortable doing it, and you trust each other, you trust each other's skills and ability to protect each other, then go do it, man. Put on a great show. And that's what all these wrestlers in AEW do. 
they're not handcuffed in in the moves that they can do and if you if you need a point or if you need proof of that go watch this tag team championship match in the steel cage sweet mother hubbard i I can't believe some of the moves that these guys did and they were able to walk away from this match holy crap it was it was art yes it's pro wrestling it's not sports entertainment you know everybody wants to say it's pro wrestling this is pro wrestling and aew is pro wrestling but this match this match was pro wrestling in an art form it was a beautiful work of art what they did and their talent is so immense to be able to put on this type of match and not hurt each other i can't I could go on and on, but I'm not gonna. That was by far and away the match that made me go, "Oh damn, this uh, is this is the show of the year." Um, and and beef, if I may. Um, yeah, man. Uh, first off, I'm going to give you a little bit of breaking news. Someone give me one single note of intro music. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, that was three, but good job, guys. I love you. Um, hey, that was the, for the three P three bitch. Oh, there. You know what, you guys? Ah, see, there's those details in the P3 podcast I don't see. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Um, Go back and re-listen. So via F4W online, okay, because this is just the, the, you know, I I found this. Uh, Apparently, the headline is AEW beats WWE Raw in the 18 to 49 demo this week, okay? Last night's all-out fallout, and I quote, I'm sorry, last night's all-out fallout uh, fallout edition of AEW Dynamite averaged 1.319 million viewers on TNT, which is up 26% from the previous week. It's the second highest wow. audience in the history of the show, trailing only <laughs> the series premiere from October 2019. Now, continuing. In the 18 to 49 demo, Dynamite drew a .52 rating up from 40 uh, uh up 40.5 percent from last week and dynamite beat this week's raw in the 18 to 49 demo as I said uh dynamite averaged if you take the entire watch time averaged 681 consistent viewers in that category topping a uh, topping raws 678. So there you go. AEW this week beat Raw, which is, to be perfectly honest with you, not a in terrible the demo. So, in the demo. In, in the yeah. demo, okay. But to the, to be fair, um, be that's fair. that's to be fair. Uh, I've been rebinging that show. It's fantastic. Um, Belch. Um, the um, but that's that's my point. Is that like, it's kind of obvious that they were going to do it with all the hype and buzz that was around all the debuts. You know, Ruby Soho, uh, Minoru Suzuki, um, uh, Adam Cole, D. Bry, like, um, or B. Dry, I guess it'd be now. Um, Amdrag. Um, but, like, and then having things like the tag team championships change hands. And I got to echo what Ransom said. For me... And I understand it was a little bit deep into the show. That match was everything that I wanted from a tag title loss from the Bucks that I could have possibly wanted. Not only was it a spectacle, not only did they have unique spots, not only did they have unique gimmicks, but my boys, the Lucha Bros, the Lucha Bros won. And I was so over the moon happy. And I can't believe if if he does listen to this, uh, Jimmy and Corey, uh, Dos Hermanos Lucha, if you guys are listening to this, I apologize for not messaging you and being like, holy shit, Penta and Phoenix did it because those guys actually know Penta and Phoenix. And like it was just, oh, the cricket has joined. The cricket is all P3. Um, uh, The like it. It was just, I, I Ransom said it all already. It was a masterwork. It was a masterclass in how to book not just a dramatic tag match, not just a dramatic tag title loss, not just a story of uh, a team fighting, scratching, scraping, and pushing a boulder up a hill to eventually achieve their goal, but just how to do wrestling. I know that's a very broad, ridiculous statement, but it's not wrong. 
Like, like I said, we, we like I can't remember the last time that all of us were in a room watching a pay per view, watching it and going, "Oh, at spots in of our own mm-hmm. volition." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we would sit there and analyze and go, yeah, saw that coming. Yeah, saw that coming. None of us saw a spiked Nike coming. None of nope. us saw that. Like, and, and that's the thing is that's when you let, I I believe, the wrestlers have creative latitude. These are the things that you get. Was it grotesque? Yeah. But all the guys in there trusted each other to do a spot like that. They trusted each other to... Uh, allow for that kind of level of gimmick insanity and make it feel not silly but brutal and and fit within the dynamic of characters there's just it's this layer cake of wrestling awesomeness and i understand there is going to be people who are listening to this that might be a wwe apologist and who are just like they're just jerking off the new AEW, they're just jerking off the indie guys well you know what suck my ass like the, the, this is oh. how you make solid my. good entertaining fun wrestling and not to take away from anything else on the show not to take away from the other matches, the other talent, the other debuts, whatever happened. But my God, it was just, I, I was thrilled and enthralled mm-hmm. the entire time of that match. And to, to have the caveat of even if you escape the cage, the match isn't over. We're like, well, that's kind of weird for a, 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 you know, a cage match. But they, it was basically to contain the insanity and to contain them and make it feel desperate and ridiculous. Also, Matt Jackson, shame on you for dropping that bag and not catching it because that was a throw that was on point. That's on you, buddy. Um, uh, I, I I can't speak highly enough of it. I just can't. Like that. That was it for me, man. What about you? So Beef? I'm not gonna. So so I'm not gonna beleaguer uh, the the match. It was an awesome match. Short list of the matches of the year. Uh, you know, right now, just from memory, that's probably going to ride up in like top two or three that I can remember. Um, I, I am interested to go back and watch all of them, though. So I'm going to go a different direction because while that match was uh, match of the night and absolutely uh, going to be one of the matches of the year, I am going to go with Moxley versus Kojima. Now, the I, to be fair, I was very distracted versus Miro and, um, and Eddie Kingston. I'm going to go back and give that match its true due. I'm going to go back and do a rewatch at some point this weekend, probably. Um, but, like, having a, a a Japanese legend like Kojima come over is a big deal. <laughs> should it have been Tanahashi? Probably. Yep. Probably. Um, should it have been, you know, um, um, Minoru Suzuki? Probably. But, regardless... Uh, Kojima is, is, is absolutely in, uh, New Japan royalty. He, he's, he's a guy who's done it all over in Japan. And to have Moxley face him in a New Japan-style match was a big deal. This is kind of what Moxley's been doing the last several months. It's kind of like wrestling that New Japan style almost to kind of get the audience familiar with it. Hmm. More on that. But... Uh, like that match was like hammer to nail, a great exhibition of how to wrestle that style of strong style, how to make it entertaining, and how to absolutely captivate the audience, even though they may not be familiar with the guy. More importantly, and I'm going to kind of pivot here, I think the debut of Minoru Suzuki absolutely set the tone for the rest of the night. There was, and, and, you know, the Suzuki's going to be in town for about a month. That's been reported. He has shows booked for, like, New Japan Strong and other organizations. I think he's wrestling a GCW match. I'm not sure. But, um, so, like, that was out there in the ether, but no one put two and two together and thought, oh, maybe he's going to show up at All Out. There was no buzz about that at all anywhere. And uh, he basically came out of left field to give the fans an absolute dream. Well, if, if you know, again, it's predicated on you knowing New Japan and, and their history and, and who Minoru Suzuki is. But if you knew of him and, and you know that style, it gave the fans a dream uh, stare down. And uh, I think it was really intense. 
and then, and then they went to blows. That told me that right there, this pay-per-view is going to be like anything else you've ever seen. And and I'm going to be real, guys. Uh, I think this might be the best pay-per-view ever. Um, because, like, you look at other pay-per-views that had big moments. I'm talking, like, Hogan betraying Team WCW and joining Team NWO. That kind of thing. They typically didn't have the type of wrestling to back it up like All Out 2021 did. Mm -hmm. uh, WrestleMania 17, I think there's a strong case for that. That's when Austin turned heel uh, and joined with Vince McMahon. That had a solid card behind it and, and, and a big game-changer moment. So uh, there, there is certainly that. And like I said, I'm, I'm not, you know, WrestleMania 31, the heist of the century. Like, yes, there, there are other pay-per-views out there that certainly hold that, that, that certainly could hold that, that, that designation as greatest of all time. But honestly, like, this has been the best of the last decade and the best that I can remember. Um, it, it's absolutely, like, just whatever you thought they couldn't top themselves they give you something, and what do we say about AEW all the fucking time? If you're not into what you're seeing, give it five minutes, and you'll see something new and different. Yep. It seemed like it was just boom on top of boom on top of boom with no, like, lapse, but also not to their, um, you know... No, detriment. Not, yeah, not, not not to their detriment. Thank you. Uh, they they did it. They, they weaved it so wonderfully. Everything worked out perfectly. And if you're AEW, and and this is your most watched pay per view of all time, and it's going to be. I, I haven't seen the numbers yet, but it you know. Oh, it has to be. Is that is because previously it was uh, full gear uh, back um, in February. So this is gonna get this is gonna beat that just by dint of CM Punk. So them riding and knowing that, riding that wave of 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 uh, momentum and saying, "Hey, look what else we got! Look what else we got! Look, look what else we got!" and throwing everything out there, absolutely, I think is gonna work in their favor. Can I touch on something here real quick? You may, as long as it is my penis. Uh, that is a nightly ritual, and that will never go away. Um, but the thing I want to oh, talk about is... Oh, you boys are adorable. I got a pee. Oh, okay, good, gross. Um, it harkens back to Poot's point about the ratings. I, I just, I have a sneaking suspicion that the more young talent, and I'm, I'm not talking about WCW-style pilfering of old men who have had their time in the sun and bringing them in to be a big deal. I'm talking about the more young talent that WWE continues to mishandle and misuse that leave and go to AEW, the more of that WWE viewership I feel you're going to see tune into AEW. Because a lot of these young guys that especially have good NXT runs have a, have a decent-sized following. Oh my heavens, the race cars are abounding. Um, Adam Cole has a huge following. Brian Danielson, good lord, the man could not have been more popular. The Yes Movement put this dude just over the sun. Uh, Ruby Soho, a huge following. If Wyndham Rotunda shows up there, another guy with a massive following. And lord, I hope so, if Kevin Steen... I'm not going to use his slave name. If Kevin Steen shows up in AEW, there's another young guy with a massive following. AEW is going to continue to add to their viewership because they're bringing in not washed up old men like WCW did and made it seem like, hey, we got the big boys from WWE. <laughs> AEW is bringing in young, talented guys who are creative and who are hungry and who have been starving to let their creative juices flow, but they're being stifled within WWE. They're young. They have a lot of time left. They can put on wonderful matches. They're amazing on the mic. They have 
great working relationships with other talent within AEW. WWE's viewership, I don't know if it's going to go down, but I, I just I have a firm belief that AEW's viewership is going to is going to rise. Absolutely. People who typically would watch WWE, they'd watch Raw, SmackDown, and then that was it. They're going to tune in also to AEW Dynamite. And uh, what's the other one? Rampage. And they're going to tune into Rampage because they're going to want to see like, oh, these guys left WWE. Man, I wish I could see them again. Man, I miss those guys. I really enjoyed watching them in NXT. If they feel the same way we do, they think, oh, boy, they're so misused on the main roster. What a shame. They're going to tune into AEW now because they know these guys are here. And uh, the more AEW can bring in WWE viewership, they not only bring them in to see the guys that they know, they're opening up those new doors for all of the young talent, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy. The list goes on. I'm not going to name them. All the young talent that AEW has that these WWE fans have never seen before. They're going to see this product and go, holy crap. These guys are doing something completely different. It's an exciting show from top to bottom. I feel like AEW's viewership is going to continue to rise, and WWE is going to start to feel that, maybe not in loss of their viewership, but in the fact that AEW's viewership is going to begin, I really believe it, is going to begin to surpass WWE's, just because more people are going to tune in from the WWE side to see their guys. So a couple things I want to touch on real quick with that. First of all, it was very, very prophetic by Jericho to make the bold prediction about AEW beating Raw's ratings. Uh, it's already done that in the demo, uh, which I think is the most important part. I think as the demo goes, so will the ratings. When did he um, predict that again? Uh, about, uh, it was after CM Punk debuted on Rampage, either the week after or the couple weeks after, so not too long ago. Was that but like an on-air thing, or was that like him on his podcast or something? Maybe on his podcast, maybe being interviewed for somewhere else, I'm not sure. Okay, um, sorry to interrupt, but, I just no, I wanted good. to clarify. All good, all good. Um, and yes, like he, obviously Jericho knows what's coming down the pipeline. Like he knew about Danielson, he knew about Soho, he probably knew about Adam Cole. So he, yes, it, you know, it's it's easy whenever you're you're looking through the pane of glass to be able to see that. But um, you know, so there's that. Mick Foley, who I think we mostly can agree has a pretty strong mind for the business, did a live stream on Monday or Tuesday on his Facebook. Page. It was really good. It was very, uh, I missed that. What did he say? Basically saying that WWE, you have an issue, and that AEW is the absolute place for wrestling talent to be right now. Wow. Basically saying that WWE yep. cannot, cannot convert on what NXT does, has not converted on what they have done, and you know he even called out Karrion Cross by name, of saying, why don't you get this? Like, this is this this should be super easy. What are you missing? Now, um, is Mick Foley still employed by WWE? I think Mick Foley's like, is a free he agent. Contract? No, I think I think uh, Mick Foley's a free agent. I think he can well, come and go good. as he wants. But that's he has good. a great because if he wasn't, he'd he'd be a free agent after that. Well, he has he, he has a great relationship with Vince McMahon. Uh, so so I think it's important to, to point out that hey, I think that Vince needs more people like this in his life that are willing to say, hey man, like. You guys are getting lapped here, you know. Yep. We're we're it, we're starting to hear on on your left. And there wasn't the, the, the I'm, I'm, <laughs> no beef. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I just wanted to say you're right. And it wasn't. And to be clear, Foley's thing wasn't said with any malice at all. Nope. It was, well, it was no, Vince McMahon surrounds himself with corporate yes men. So n not enough people are either ballsy enough or comfortable enough to say to Vince like, "Hey, man, we have a problem." Yep. He, they, they need more. Beast's right. They need more of that. Vince needs more people going, um, uh, attention, look, look at here. Uh-oh. And, and I love if, if, if you listen to, so, um, Brian Danielson had a, had a promo after the pay-per-view, which is a yep. great listen. Uh, oh. And then there was a media scrum with Brian Danielson, Ruby <laughs> Soho, Adam Cole, and Tony Khan, like separately, but Tony Khan was on all of them. Uh, you know, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole are both 
fairly happy with where they came from to the point where Danielson has said, Hey, I loved where I worked. I loved it there. And I'm still here. That's a big deal. Whenever you can say, Hey, I love a job, but something else is drawing me somewhere else. That is a huge win, obviously, for AEW. And and that, you know, harkens back to, to the Foley point of, like, AEW is the cool place to be now. You know, AEW is, is, is suddenly WCW 97. You know, they're, they're suddenly the place where talent's going, okay, okay, I, I feel you. Except for in AEW, while they have freedom, they also have, like, boundaries and, mm-hmm. and, and and reasonable expectations. You know, not everyone's going to show up and go to the top of the card immediately. Yeah. And that's fine. And that, Adam yep. Cole's not looking to bite into anybody's pie. He's looking to bake another pie himself. You know? That should, that should be a, a red – that should be the biggest red flag for WWE. When, when you have people who are unhappy where they work and they leave, okay – that should be like, a, well, A, how many people are leaving because they're unhappy? And B, why are these people unhappy and they're leaving? That no, should they, be something we should work on. No, they when don't you care. Have, shut up. When you have people who are happy and they still want to leave, that's a bigger red flag because you have a happy employee. People like coming to work. They like working for your company and they still want to go somewhere else. That is the biggest red flag of all. You're clearly doing something wrong. You hit the again, huh? Ransom. You hit the nail on the head. Like it, it's and and you. You see were trying people, to interject and make me hit a baby. I know what you. Were doing. Well, no, I. You know, I. I feel like I don't have to poke or prod you to hit a baby. To be perfectly honest with you. Fair um, point. Um, I, I. I feel like you're right. And the problem is now when we look at WWE, we're not going. We're not looking at it and just going, oh, this drack. We're looking and going. We're going poor carrying cross. Poor Kevin Kevin yep. Owens, poor Ricochet, Ugh. poor um, <laughs> you know, poor uh, um, poor Triple H. Yeah, poor tri- well, I mean, yeah, poor Triple H. But like, you know, poor Scarlet, poor like. That's the other thing is that WWE. The thing that still confounds me in WWE is that you have a money maker, and 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 you could say this about a lot of talent. Well, poor Samoa Joe. Like, I mean, you have oh. these guys. That you look at and you go, you have a money maker, money maker mm-hmm. in Carrion Cross and Scarlet. Yes, Scarlet is a is a valet, but she's an important aspect to the entire package that is the presentation of you know what? I'm gonna stop saying Carrion of Killer Cross. She is so important oh to that packaging. And to take it away and then put a red painted bucket or something that harkens back to Faruka san if you will oh and, yeah and to have that happen and have no one pop for him he is the sacrificial lamb to for mm-hmm. vince mcmahon to prove a point and go look no one's popping for this guy well it's because you changed literally everything about him of course, no one's. It's not that they're not popping. They're sitting and going, "Oh, cross, cross. What have they yeah, done like, to you?" Go- yeah. What? It's what? It's, it's, well, a, it's a lamentation. So, to be fair, I think we. It, it bears. It bears repeating that Raw's rating is about five, uh, 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 half a million or so more than NXT's. So it's not completely unfathomable that some people looked at him and said, I don't know who this is. And as opposed to what they did with uh, Kevin Owens, bring him up with the NXT title and have him stand powerful over Cena on Karen Cross's first night, they brought him up with the NXT title and have him lose to Jeff Hardy. Ugh. Jeff Hardy, by the way, who is now in scrums for the 24 seven title. So, yeah, like, there's a little bit of a difference of how these guys were presented. 
Um, and, and honestly, I think we're kind of in the minority uh, with Karrion Cross. Uh, a lot of people really weren't digging what he was doing in NXT and felt like it was all filler and no fluff. I loved everything I saw from Karrion Cross in NXT. I, I love the gimmick. Absolutely. I love Scott with them. I loved how they treated him. I loved how he was protected. Uh, even his matches were all fairly good for what they were. So I don't get the groundswell of hate. But a lot of people are now just saying, oh, well, there's Karrion Cross for you. Um, which which yeah. I don't think is a fair assessment of the man or his talents. Uh, I, I, you know, I, at, at the end of the day, I, I just feel like he's just the, like uh, Poot made a wonderful point, And, and I, I think this is a great quote, a, a great soundbite, if you will, the sacrificial lamb, the final straw on the camel's back for Vince to go, <laughs> nope, it's broken. We're going to fix it for you. Don't worry, Paul. And, 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 you know, that's the problem that it had the timing yeah. fell where it was carrying cross. I, I really so, like, I mean it, it, but, but my, my point is I hope, I hope that the words of Mick Foley resonate with Vince and the Grinch's small dick will grow three sizes that day. Like nope. I hope that I hope that the grapefruits <laughs> grow back. Like I, I like, and he goes, well, "All right, I'm." You know, either he has some kind of come to Jesus moment, and he goes, "Wow, I'm a senile, a senile, senile, oh boy, some senile old man who it hoit, uh, it hoit um, that that." Um, and he goes, "Man, I'm really losing my touch. I don't know what's going on." I need to back off. Or he goes, all right, guys, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get back to what we had. And speaking getting back to what we had, ladies well, and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you one half of the chew, chew, chooser weight champions, Mr. Tiger. Uppercut. Bomb Tom. And now, here's the thing, though. Before, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, because <laughs> I, 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 well, then. I, I have this, I, I have this. Well, point. we're in the middle of a point. We want to make, yeah. it, we want, we don't want to lose it. I, I'll say Welcome this: the, the last time that Thanks. everybody was so down on WWE, and a competitor was so fiercely coming at them, we got the Attitude Era. I'm not at all saying that we're going to get a replication of that, or that anything near that is going to be coming. I'm just going to throw that out there. So I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And my rationale for that is this. WWE was not in a great place financially at that point. They were, cons they were consistently getting beaten in the ratings. Uh, they had, they, they didn't have money trouble, but they were at the point where they said to Bret Hart, arguably their biggest star at the time, hey man, we can't pay you. If you want to go to WCW, we'll, we'll offer you something so that they'll give you something more and you can go there. Their biggest star, they couldn't keep. Now, WWE is going through a lot of cost-cutting measures now. They're releasing a lot of people. One might say, like, well, maybe they're not in the best financial place now. Is it? But like Beef has said many times, they made a lot of money even during even during COVID. They made a lot of money. So whatever's going on with WWE right now, I feel like it's it's a different company than it was back in the day with WCW. And I think Vince is even more stubborn and bullheaded now than he was then you're not gonna get an 80 year old billionaire who has lived his company to the point where that's that's his universe he he calls it the wwe universe that is a that world is more realistic to him than the world that we live in he's not gonna change at this point if Vince was maybe in his 40s or 50s, 
okay, there's time. He still has a length to go. He still has something to prove. I, I think with everything that his company has done, everything he's done with his company, the way he sees it is, we're still the top. We're still where everybody wants to be. Every wrestler out there still wants their WrestleMania moment. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to change. We just need the people that want to be here, and we'll give them their WrestleMania moment. You want to go somewhere else? Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead and go somewhere else. I, I don't think you're going to get change out of WWE at this point, not from Vince McMahon. Tom, what's so, your assessment? Um, well, I, it's kind of interesting that I came in right at that point because my uh, my story that I was uh, going to regale you guys with today kind of ties into that and all that line of thinking. So let, let me start off with uh, with my personal story today. I uh, I was making a delivery and I'm delivering these two different uh, giant pieces of carpet to somebody's house. One was like a six foot piece. One was like a 12 foot, which thankfully, you know, was like folded up in the back of my truck. Regardless, anybody that knows me knows that I'm not, you know, the biggest guy in the world. I'm all of five foot six. So naturally, if you're in my position or even if you're not, you know, whatever, if you had a giant 12 foot piece of carpet that was wrapped in plastic and you parked at the bottom of somebody's driveway and you were going to get it to their driveway to their garage how would you do that i Roll it. i would wait Drag from it. wait thank up. you i, I was yeah. gonna say i would put it up on my shoulder okay well it's like a giant 12 foot floppy piece so like there's yeah, no real it putting is. it on my so there's no real putting it on my shoulder but like ransom said drag it so that's what i proceeded to do this old man comes out to his garage I, I had already taken the six foot piece up and i put it in the doorway of his open garage now in his driveway there's you know a toyota corolla an audi and in the garage is a porsche so let's just throw that out there to kind of give you an idea of who this person is i'm dragging this giant piece of carpet up and he says to me you're gonna drag it up and i was like well, yeah, how else am I going to get it up here? Do you, do you see the size of this thing? He goes, what if it gets damaged? I literally stopped in my tracks. I kid you not. And I was walking up to, you know, I was dragging it with my back towards the garage. I stopped still holding the carpet. I half turned but the upper half of my body and I go to him. Are you serious? And he said, yeah. What if it gets damaged? I said, it's carpet. I'm sure it'll be fine. He's like, well, what if it gets damaged? I said, then you call for a pickup and ha and have it get returned or whatever. I was like, do you, I was like, come on, dude. I was like, common sense. Do you see the size of this thing? Do you see me? How else are you going to get it up here? Did, uh, did that man cooperate with Tom? Did he not? We'll find out on the next episode of the B3 Podcast. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Fast burrito time. Tag. So much for sponsorship.